Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony. And I'm Dan. And we are J&J Missions, spreading the gospel by all means, one soul at a time. We give live talks, we make YouTube videos, and you can find us all over social media. And as you probably figured, we have a podcast. Whether we're giving spiritual tips, deliberating about current events, or talking saints and devotionals, we want to bring the Catholic faith to you in a totally orthodox, yet relatable, down-to-earth way. If you want to support us, head over to our website, www.jmjmissions.com. All right, the JMJ Missions podcast. Welcome. Thank you for listening. This is Dan Palmieri, your host, along with my co-host, Anthony McCullough. I affectionately call him Anthony McCharles since his middle name is Charles, and it just rolls off the tongue, you know? That's right, and you're Daniel McNertia, and your middle name is not Inertia, but I think that started from us playing video games in high school. Yeah, we call you Anthony Momentum, and I don't know why, but I would just call you that. Probably because of, of the momentum in the hockey games that we played. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a thing in NHL. Uh, 06. 06. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Going back. So Give this us, is... wait, hold on. Give us your best EA Sports that's in the game. EA Sports. It's in the game. That was that was pretty good. That was, was better that than anything I could do. So I'm not going to try. All right, good. Well, anyone that actually plays any any EA Sports video games or had played in the past would would understand that reference. Did you ever see the EA Sports guy? What he looks like? Yeah, he, he looks exactly how I thought he looked. I was going to say he doesn't look how I thought he would sound. No, he he. Oh wait, he doesn't yeah, sound. He, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I think I know. Yeah, he looks. I think he looks the way he sounds. Like it's exa- if I could have drawn a picture of that dude after hearing that little opening, you know, over and over again every year of my life that I played video games, that's what I would thought. I he pictured would a bald guy. Really? Yeah, my whole no, life. No, never in a million years. Yeah. No. Not that there's anything wrong with being bald, you know, I'm just Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, this is a bonus segment, bonus episode. We are without our um our dear co speaker, co co podcast host. Yep. Now. Permanent guest. Permanent guest. Say. Permanent guest. That's a way a good good way to put it. Danielle Avila. Uh, the issue here is that uh, we are going to try to get uh, Ghosts and Demons um, Part Two out to you guys by this morning. We realize we're late, so we thank you for the patience. But because of a million different scheduling conflicts, uh, most especially Danielle getting sick, we were not able to actually record that podcast in time. But because our listening base is growing. And we really appreciate you guys listening in, as I mentioned in our last podcast, how grateful and thankful we are to be growing as a podcast and to have you listening and hanging out with us. We wanted to get something out to you. And so I felt it was appropriate to get out just a quick little bonus segment to keep us going. And we are planning on getting our next podcast out, hopefully next week. It might be a little longer than that. we got to check on the dates. But we will get Ghosts and Demons Part 2 out to you eventually, whether it's the next podcast we do or in a couple episodes, um, we will absolutely be getting that to you. And that one will focus on demons, as the first one focused on ghosts. On the topic of ghosts and demons, actually, um, we decided it would be a really good idea to give you guys um, a little light in the darkness. You know, during Advent, you have that random third week, uh, Gaudete Sunday, Advent's coming up, of light in a, in a kind of a dark time for the uh, for the church. When I say dark, I don't mean evil or anything, but, you know, there's kind of ups and downs on the, in the church calendar. And uh, the church does not like to spend too much time in the downs section because as nice as it is to offer things up and to suffer for God and to give you, you know, you know kind of get that gritty kind of spirituality, mm-hmm. that Lenten spirituality, Advent spirituality going, and it has a lot of benefits, um, in the end, our faith is extremely joyful. 
extremely like about the resurrection and about joy and peace and love uh, amidst the sufferings. And so what we wanted to do was name this little segment uh, Five Ways to Light Up the Dark, or five ways you could also say to keep warm as, as the uh, season gets colder. Uh, so we're not going to do any opening segments here or any closing segments. We might have a break in between, but we're just going to roll with it. Uh, we, we're going to use a video of ours, a YouTube video from about three years ago, a classic, uh, called Five Ways to Let Your Soul as a reference. The first time we ever did outtakes was in that video. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you want to actually find that video, you can just type Five Ways to Let Your Soul and just type JMJ because it won't come up if you don't type JMJ really? after that. Yeah, I Have tried. you tried? I did. I tried and did not even come up anywhere we near. We should fix that. We should. I know. So type five ways to let your soul, JMJ. You can find the video, one of the first ones that we made when we were just a baby ministry. We still kind of are a baby ministry. We're like a tot now. We're like, uh, like, yeah, like, like a toddler ministry. You know? Yeah. So five ways to let your soul. We're not going to just give you word for word what's in the video, but we're going to comment on each of the ways given in that video. And if you want to see the outtakes, you can look up the video, as Anthony said. Mm-hmm. Okay, All so. Right. What's the first point? So the first point, five ways to light up your soul in the dark, to keep joyful and keep holy in this, uh, in you know, a turning of the seasons, that kind of time. Number one, clear the junk. Clear the junk. Now that uh, can mean two things, clear the junk. That can mean, like, sin. And it can also mean something else but let's let's approach sin first what is the best way and to clear the junk of sin from your heart uh just giving it to god and going to confession it's the best feeling after confession you just feel like a new man just totally ready to go nice and clean ready to avoid sin at all costs so clearing the junk is anything that's just weighing you down just get rid of that it kind of reminds me of when you finally make up your mind to clean the house you don't want to do it you see the mess piling up but when you just dedicate the time and the effort to organize things, put them where they belong, afterwards you feel amazing. So it's a similar thing, but only for your soul. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, it's really hard to feel God. And when I say feel, our faith is not just based on feelings, obviously. There's spiritual dryness and whatnot. But it's really hard to connect with God when there's things blocking you, when there's junk in there. There's not room for both your own desires, your own sins, and God. And so sometimes um, I was just talking to my younger brother about this. Uh, he, he was mentioning how, you know, he didn't feel like he needed to go to confession. Uh, a priest visited our house the other day, and, and my whole extended family was, was around. And um, he offered confessions, and my little brother wasn't going to go, thinking he didn't really need confession. He ended up talking to the priest, the very holy priest, about some other things. And that priest invited him to go to confession, and he said yes and afterwards said he couldn't believe how good he felt and how much he needed confession but didn't realize it. So I think our hearts get numb and cold um, and kind of dark without us realizing it. Uh, and then we, when we go to confession, it just, you know, it's like you're seeing things on the other side. You know, it's almost like when I was a little kid, I um, didn't want to go on roller coasters. I was so afraid of them because uh, they looked mean and scary. And then it's like, you know, maybe our, our listeners can um, identify with this and relate, but my parents were like, oh, you need to get out there. Just try it, you know. And finally, like, my older cousins would go on who were, like, a year or two older than me. And, you know, when you're, like, eight, nine years old, a 10 or 11-year-old is, like, a god to you, you know. <laughs> so, of course, I went on because they went on and had the best time on the roller coaster and then was never afraid of roller coasters ever again. I was like, man, what was I missing out on? So I've, I've felt like that before and after confession. You don't think you need to go. You're right. kind of fine. Then you go and you think, man, what was I missing out on? Yeah. You know? And you know, it, it doesn't just have to be sins. 
the junk isn't just sins. Uh, so, for example, there's a, a game that I've been playing on my phone a lot lately. It's called um, CSR Racing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Nope. And it's a game where you purchase cars, and they're realistic actual cars. Like, they have, like, Subarus, Toyotas. It's, like, real actual cars. And you buy upgrades for your cars. They go faster. Uh, you have to race against, like, these bosses and level up. And it, to me, it's addicting. And I don't think it's a sin for me to, like, you know, after work, play a little bit of this game on my phone. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's balanced. But lately, I've been feeling, like, promptings from the Holy Spirit. Like, not even when I'm playing, even when I'm not playing the game, little promptings from the Holy Spirit telling me just to delete it. Just because at the, at the very... At the very best, it's a waste of time. You know what I mean? Like, th- mm-hmm. it's not doing anything positive for me. There's other ways that I could be relaxing. So, honestly, probably for maybe a week and a half, I've been feeling, you know, just delete that game. Like, a gentle little peaceful invitation to just delete that game. Right. And then, and then kind of right after, I'm like, no, nah. And, and I've been ignoring it. I've been ignoring it for a <laughs> while, but t- I deleted it. Wow. So, del- that, yeah. so number one, I got to say, that was very honest to tell everybody about that because, mm-hmm. we, you know, we all struggle with these things. Yeah. We all get little promptings you might feel from the Holy Spirit, kind of ignore it, kind of distract ourselves, make excuses up. Yeah. Um, so to be honest about it, you know, it's that first step of, of clearing it. And then the fact that you actually went through with it. Right. Really nice. And this would be easier. Like, let's say it was like a, a straight up sinful video game. Like, for example, something like GTA. Like, I think Grand Theft Auto, like, I don't think there's any benefit to playing that whatsoever. I'm like, that's a game that you should just straight up not play. But <laughs> something like this, it's definitely an innocent game, but still, it's sometimes it's a waste of time. And like, there's better yep. ways to, so just listen to those promptings. Yeah. So we said confession for your sins. If there are little things that are kind of um, blocking you from God that you could be using your time for, you know, for prayer or for, or for good works or whatever, like that game, you can, you can try to clear them from your life. Um, in fact, on that note, I've noticed that when I play, I don't play video games too much anymore with, with the kids and stuff like that, don't have any time. But if, a few years ago when I was still, still had some time to play before I was married, I actually noticed that I don't think it's wrong to play, like you said, Ant, but after a certain amount of time, and for me it tended to be 40 minutes to maybe an hour, hour and 10 minutes, if I played for longer than 40 to 65, 70 minutes, I kid you not, I could literally feel the fire in my soul, the excitement for God and mm-hmm. the saints and to evangelize. I could feel it get dimmer. Yeah. And then, and then if I played, you know, made the mistake of playing for more than an hour or so, and I didn't actually make time to pray and get that fire back and like, st- you know, center my soul back into Christ again, mm-hmm. I would literally like that, that, that dullness so, would last for a long time. It's like time. you go backwards. It's like you go backwards and then you open yourself up to more sins and more temptations because yeah. that fire is starting to go down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And one last thing I would like to say that needs to be cleared in order to really feel God light up your soul, not just sins and not just as you said little things that are blocking us from him from him or wasting time but anxieties and sadness mm-hmm. if there's something that you're nervous about something you're scared of something that you're anxious about that you have not um really faced i should say you've kind of been distracting yourself you haven't really brought it to the table and put it at the cross please please take up the courage to do that take up the courage to get five ten minutes that might be all you need to sit in silence and to like pour out your your whatever is making you nervous or anxious to God and let Jesus take it. The way I do it, um, you don't have to do it the way I do it, but this is just, just how I do it for anyone that might be wondering and maybe it'll help you. Um, I actually breathe in and out. And um, as I, uh, I, I will like breathe in and imagine myself gathering all of the anxious feelings that are and, and, and anxiety and the, th- the thoughts that are making me worried. And then I will breathe it all out and I will imagine all of that anxiety, nervousness, fear, anger, whatever it is, leaving my soul and um, kind of going to Jesus on the cross. 
And I'll, I might have to do that for, for sometimes just a few seconds and sometimes for five, 10 minutes. Eventually though, almost all of it will go away and I'll start to feel peace. And then what I'll do is I'll start to breathe in and I'll focus on those in-breaths. And as I focus on those in-breaths, I will, um, I will think about Jesus's love and peace and joy and kindness coming off the cross and into me. That's a really good meditation. That's so, like meditation with an activity. Yeah, it's almost like contemplative, yeah. but not quite. But it's mm-hmm. yeah, more of a meditation. I mean, you don't have to do it that way. Some people, you know, they journal. They write things in their diary. That's how they get it out. Maybe you could journal what's making you sad or upset and then leave it at a little crucifix in your house and just give it to Jesus. But whatever it is, got to face what's making you nervous or sad or tempted or whatever, angry, before you can really start to feel and connect with God in a deep way again. So bring it all to the table. He said, come to me, who you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. And he meant it. Like, like lay down all of your burdens in front of him so that you can start to feel his peace again. So number one, clear the junk. Yep, that was perfect. What's the second point? It actually is related to what we just said, quiet prayer. Okay. Number two, quiet prayer. Great way to light up your soul. Um, we don't have to spend too much time on this because we kind of just mentioned why it's so important to steady yourself and to connect with the Lord, but go ahead, Andy. You know, I just had a realization. Um, I have a spiritual director, and I meet with him about once a month, and he gives me advice and tips and tricks on how to get closer to Jesus, uh, how to prevent me from plateauing in my spiritual life, uh, similar to working out. So I remember one of the things that he told me to do, uh, I wake up early. I wake up earlier than I need to because I drink my coffee, and I like to wake up slow. And he said, and what I sometimes would do in that moment is just kind of waste time on my phone. And then we talked about that and we said, you know, why don't you just spend those first 10 minutes while you're sipping your coffee, not on your phone and just, just with Christ, just spend those entire 10 minutes with him. Mm -hmm. And then after that, go on your phone and check ESPN, do your fantasy football, stuff like that. Lately, what I've been doing when I wake up and I'm drinking my coffee is playing that game. (laughs) <laughs> I so I, I literally just made that connection. There's the like, game I again. literally the connection just came back. So that game, that game's sending you right to hell. I know. So now <laughs> that that game's out, just I kidding. should be increasing my quiet prayer time because <laughs> you can't do things without prayer. Like it's the fuel. You won't get anything done, especially ministry or anything that you want to do. It has to be covered in prayer. And if you don't believe me, then try it because <laughs> if you don't pray it's not going to work <laughs> that's true i was actually mentioning to the students like the main way that you get doses of like fuel to do to do god's will is the sacraments but that's followed up with prayer mm-hmm. like if you don't pray you're not fueling yourself up on the love i mean god is love right the more you connect with jesus the more you pray directly from your heart to him the more love you have to fuel up on to actually like fulfill your vocation like if you're a mom or a dad or grandparent a student, whatever you, it is, wherever, whatever your duty is in life, it's going to require love and sacrifice. And you're not going to have any of that if you don't pray and fuel up on love itself. You don't talk to Jesus and God who is love. You don't you don't ask the Holy Spirit in your heart and, and do it constantly. You're going to run out of gas. Uh, you literally can't get from A to B. You yeah. Know? And that's what happens. We kind of, in a, especially in the West, we're so distracted. We don't pray. We get, we get distracted by things like games, like you said, or other things, more serious things. And we stall out spiritually. So we, we grow cold. So a little bit of quiet prayer every single day is so important. And, and I, I love what you said to start the day. And I think to end the day as well is, uh-huh. is, is really good. Um, and it doesn't have to be just you uh, talking to God. Like maybe you're not used to talking to God. Maybe this is new for you. Well, the best thing I would say to do then if until you can get used to talking to him from your heart is just like sit in silence and just know with every breath that God loves you. That is a great contemplative thing to do. Uh, St. John of the Cross, for example, when he would pray and he would go into incredible ecstasies. I mean, this guy was an expert prayer, <laughs> if you could say that. 
he said he uses the virtues of faith, hope, and love to enter into an, an ecstatic union with Christ. He would say he would think of faith. And these are the three theological virtues, right? He said he would think of faith, and he would know as he's sitting there in, in the stillness you know, of, of, of his meditation, he would just know to himself that God is here, that God is with him, and convince himself that God is right here in me, with me at all, all times. Then he would go into the virtue of hope. And anything he's worried about, he said he would just give it to God, knowing that in the future there's hope, that God's going to take care of absolutely everything. And whether he's in, in heaven or for the rest of his life on earth, it's all taken care of. So there goes all of his anxieties. And then finally, he would focus in on charity, love. And he would know that God's love was fueling his existence at every point. Every breath he takes, every every atom and molecule in him and around him is coming from God at all times. And he would just end up in this vast sea of feeling God's presence, I should say. And it really goes beyond feelings, but that's, I guess, the best way I could put it. I mean, however you want to do it, a little quiet prayer is just really, really, um, really important to just, just sit and, and, and know that he's with you. Um, maybe like the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola the examination of conscience, those kinds of things. If you know, you can, you can, there's so many different saint approved church approved, um, meditations you can walk through to, to really, um, connect with the Lord in these moments, whatever fits your, you know, fits your shoe size best. <laughs> that's, and, not, that's not a term I thought it was. But <laughs> and don't be afraid to start small. It doesn't have to be a long time. Just start with five minutes and then see if you can work up from there. Yeah. Right. You don't have to do the John of the cross stuff. I mean, this yeah. is, we're kind of trying to hit everybody at all spiritual levels right now. Yeah. So you don't have to go into an ecstatic union with Christ. <laughs> In fact, most of us probably can't do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Number three, and this is a form of prayer itself is Holy scripture. The Bible. There is no way that you can get to know God without reading reading the Bible, especially, I would say, the Gospels, most important parts of the Bible. Now, the entire Bible is the Word of God. The entire Bible compiled by the Catholic Church in the 300s, well, before that, but ra- officially ratified uh, around the Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, is inspired by God. But if you got to pick one section just to learn the most about the Lord, it's the Gospels. And actually, part of our conversion story, Aunt, maybe you could share it, is uh, someone with amazing charismatic gifts mentioned the Gospels to you. Right? Yeah, I met someone with a, who has a gift similar to Padre Pio. Padre Pio could know your past, present, and future and read your heart and give you advice. So I met someone with that same kind of gift, and it wasn't like a psychic medium. It was like totally authentically Catholic. Right. <laughs> and so it was awesome. So when she talked to me, she told me, she looked at me, and she said, read the Gospels. But she said it in a very gentle way. And I think what she was saying is, because I was brand new into my faith. Like I would go, I was going to mass for maybe like five or six weeks, but I still didn't even know what anything was. Right. And she very gently said, read the gospels. And I took it very seriously. And I did. And I read a chapter of the gospel every night, uh, especially when I was at Rutgers. But I remember reading it and not having a clue what I was reading. Cause I didn't, I didn't know the stories. Like now when you hear a, a Sunday mass gospel, like you're like, okay, yeah, I know this one. And like, you, you know, what's about to go down because you know, we've been going to mass for taking it seriously for maybe 13 years now. Uh, but I didn't know any of them at the time. The stories were brand new, and it helped a lot, though. It really did. And I want to say, again, this was part of the gift of reading of hearts that this woman had who did read our hearts because she read myself, uh, Rocco's heart, our videographer, and Ryan, a friend of ours, uh, another friend. So the four of us, she read all of our hearts, and out of all four of us, even though none of us took our faith seriously before our conversion experiences, 
Ant, you were the only one that didn't know hardly anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I like, knew the least out of all of you. Yeah, like myself and Rock, our families taught us a little bit. We knew a little bit. Ryan went to mass every week with his mom. So we knew the bare minimum about our faith. But Aunt, you pretty I knew much... No- yeah, nothing. So she didn't tell us tell that to us. Yeah. The first time she read our hearts, not knowing us, she said many other things that were very specific to our spiritual needs. But she didn't say to any of us, you need to learn your faith more. Right. So read the Gospels. To you, it's like the Holy Spirit miraculously revealed to her that you did need to learn more and what was the one thing she said to do best thing you could do is read a chapter of the gospels every night yep and and it worked because yeah like look 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 where you are now yeah exactly <laughs> along with other things that you've done yeah. of course to grow <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, amazing stuff so read the gospels it's your spiritual food um you know god came to earth one time one time and that's jesus all right that's the person of jesus so read read what he said i mean like you literally can't get any better any closer to god and get to know him better than reading his actual words when he dipped down and became a human being for our sake to teach us who he is and how to live and how to love so that's so important and of course saint paul i mean like you can't go wrong with paul i mean what's the new testament like the stories of jesus and then what saint paul thinks about it (laughs) pretty much with with some (laughs) other books in the thrown in there too the dude had the biggest conversion of anyone maybe in history besides St. Augustine and a few others I could think of. The guy was persecuting Christians and became one of the greatest saints if anybody, you know, knows what it's like to change their life and to, and to, to kind of go from dark to light, which is our theme. It's St. Paul. So read his comments too, because they are inspired by the Holy Spirit truly. Yeah. And fun fact, I think when St. Augustine heard that voice take and read, I'm pretty sure that he read Romans. Which was written by St. Paul. I believe so, I heard that. And they both that. had insane conversions. Yep. I so believe... it's like God knew that from all time. <laughs> and yep. one one other cool fun fact. Luke, the gospel author, was, uh, what's the word? Like an understudy of Paul? Or yeah. like, he was like younger than yeah. him, I think. And they were like kind of friends. Yep. So Luke's gospel is the only gospel that includes the parable of the lost sheep. Because Paul was the lost sheep. So that's 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 why Luke's gospel is the only one that has that parable in it. Wow, I just got chills. That's a Mm -hmm. great insight. I may have heard that before in one of my classes, but completely forgot about that. That's because they wrote according to their experiences, like totally inspired by the Holy Spirit. But like their flair was in there. Yeah, yeah. So glad you Mm -hmm. you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the the four gospels. It's really we can do a whole podcast on that. These are not, you know, scholars. "Quote unquote scholars." Sorry to say this, but scholars in the late 1800s into the mid 1900s went through this phase where they were all like, "Well, you know, the Gospels weren't written by people that knew Jesus. They were just like written 200 years later by random people, and it was just made up for these reasons." You know, the scholarship is going way harder in the other direction now, and a lot of scholars, in fact, I would even venture to say, like maybe most Catholic scholars that are making a name for themselves the last few decades are of the opinion that the Gospels are traced back to anywhere from like 10 to 20 years with, with the Gospel of Matthew and Mark possibly mm-hmm. to Jesus. Yeah. Like like only a 10 to 20 years after he, he came, was were they written? Either by Matthew himself, the apostle, or someone that knew him. I mean, things like that. Yeah. I mean, we, we are we are getting more and more sure that these Gospels can be traced back to the, the very early days of Christianity, fresh in the minds of, of those who knew Jesus. So mm-hmm. you're not reading a made-up legend. You're reading a, an eyewitness account, probably. Yep. A first or second-hand eyewitness, eyewitness account. So read the Gospels. All right, number four, the next uh, way to light your soul, uh, worship. Worship. And I'm going to say, venture actually to say the Eucharist, just specifically. Mass. Yep. And why is Mass so important? Well, it's the source and summit. You can't get much better. Like, if you're going to worship, <laughs> I mean, go to Mass, receive the Eucharist, and the game, set, match. Yeah. <laughs> 
if, if scripture is like the best mental way to like get to know God and to have a conversation with God, you know, cause everyone says like back to scripture, like, and I know we're on different we're on number four, but real quick, cool comment about scripture. Everyone always says, um, you know, oh, like I speak to God, but I don't know what he says back to me. Like that's the, that's literally the Bible is yeah. him speaking back to, <laughs> which is interesting. But if scripture is the way to, to, to experience God, you know, mentally, you know, in words, the, the way to experience God fully, physically, in the deepest sense, is the Eucharist. I mean, could could it get any better than Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity becoming one with you? I mean, it's, God, it's amazing that God loves us that much, to become a physical human 2,000 years ago and to remain with us physically in the Eucharist. I mean, that is love in its purest sense. He doesn't want to just love you and be near you. He wants to be you. Right. He wants, you, he wants to, like, light you up, literally, from the inside out. He says he's the light of the world. And, and the Eucharist lights you up in, at, your, at your core from the inside out. If you receive it, you know, um, op- with an open heart to him. Right. You know, if you're not closed off. So the Eucharist is insanely important. Daily Mass is great if you can make it. Um, if you can't, I mean, that's why the church, the obligation is only Sunday. But but Daily Mass is highly recommended. Uh, it's only 25 minutes long. Yeah, I Daily mean, Mass not is that, sweet. Yeah. yeah, it's not that hard. Like, you know, and, and I challenge everyone listening Try daily mass. Go to daily mass once this week, and you tell me if you don't feel at least a little more peaceful and better and closer right. to the Lord after and, you go. And have an amazing day too. Like that, oh, that's yeah. like because God will reward you if you do that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Just one cool thing I want to add about the Eucharist. I may have said this before. Uh, Jesus is the divine physician. He's the doctor, and doctors heal you where you're sick or where you're broken. So humanity was broken through eating. Like we were literally broken physically in our mouths. Like, that's where the first sin happens. Like Adam and Eve eating the yeah, fruit. Yeah, eating the fruit. You can argue that it was in the heart, but all sin kind of starts in the heart, but whatever. So it was physically in the mouth. So because we were broken, or sin entered through the mouth, that's why we eat the Eucharist. He heals us through the mouth. So when I realized that a couple of years ago, my jaw dropped, and it's still kind of on the floor since I realized that. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you actually did mention that a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I include that in my talks because you said that. Oh, I nice. was so floored by that. Thanks. So neat. But yeah, God usually takes out sin the way it comes in. On that same note, a little unrelated to the Eucharist, but I guess everything's connected in our faith. That's the analogy of faith. On that note, how did sin come in? A disobedient woman, Eve, to a disobedient man, Adam, to the entire world. How does sin go out? An obedient woman, Mary, giving birth to an obedient man, Jesus, and then to the entire world through him. Good. And also, and also sin entered in a garden, and Jesus was first seen by a gardener Ooh. after the resurrection. And, w- and where did he uh, where, where did he stomp out the devil uh, when he was tempted to, to run? Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Garden, man. It's yep. all about those mm-hmm. gardens. Yeah, so go plant some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, so, so wait, next is five. Next is five. I feel like this would be a cool time to take a break because, ha, you gotta wait. Ooh, yeah, we didn't take a break. Okay. So it's like, wait for number five. Yes, we'll take a quick break and then we will come back with number five. Okay, we are back. And so far, we have highlighted four out of the five ways to let your soul in this dark time this change of the seasons where everyone seems to be talking about demons and ghosts um including us because our next podcast (laughs) or one of the future podcasts will be part two of our demons and ghosts series so far i'll give you a recap here's what we've had wait can you announce them the way that uh, an announcer would uh say an nba lineup like starting at number one you know, I would, is that but just unnecessary? Uh, I feel like I'm going to fail it so bad that it won't be cool or even funny. It'll just be awkward. Okay. So I'm going to skip that. 
But um, you know what I'll do? I'll I'll say it in a British voice because that's that, no, because I can't do that. Accent. That'll offend. I, mean, I don't want to offend any other British listeners. Yeah. Do I don't listen know if it. England has listened. There's been a oh, lot of countries. Do. Absolutely. Oh really? Yep. Have? I've seen it. Yep. All we right. have listeners Thanks, from UK. England. Yep. Thank you to the United yep. Kingdom. Always a pledge. Let's go Chelsea. Nope, man. You all the way. Okay, so number one was clear the junk. Number two, quiet prayer. Number three, scripture. Number four, worship or the Eucharist. And number five, I will say, want to guess what it is? I don't have a clue. It comes back to us all the time. We're having conversations about how to keep that flame alive and how it's really hard to do this a certain way. It's really hard to keep the flame alive a certain way, and you kind of need this extra little kick. Adoration? No, that's the Eucharist. A great, great hmm. guess, though. It's definitely... I don't, no, I don't know what it is. Think of our conversions. Conversions. Um, Think of the young adult Community. Com- yeah, there yeah. we go. He got it. Community. And no, I did not lip it to Anthony or anything <laughs> like that. He just guessed it. <laughs> this is a topic when, when we're just having our own spiritual discussions. They It comes back all the time. You know, God bless the people that are really holy on their own. Some people have a literally a vocation to be a hermit. But outside of those people... Even those that become priests and, and monks and sisters, contemplative nuns, they live in communities. Why? Because you need other people who think like you, who have the Holy Spirit inside of them, who love you unconditionally to continuously lift you up. I'm going to say first, that should start with your family. First with your family. Please maintain good relationships as best you can with your own family members, your parents, your cousins, your, your if, you're, if you have kids, grandkids, you know. Make sure you maintain good relationships with them. Maria Esperanza, the woman who caused, uh, we didn't meet her, but her family we met, um, caused a big part of our conversions, would always say, uh, and she might be a saint one day, the church is officially studying her life. She'd always say that kids need to grow up knowing that they're loved by their family deeply and that they can tell their parents anything and that their parents, they can always, they, they need to be able to feel very comfortable and at home with their families because if they go out into the world let's say in college or when they're in their 20s and they start to experience like sins the typical sins or other groups of people that don't really appreciate them or have their same values they'll be able to notice that lack of love because they're so used to feeling loved at home that they'll notice it and something will seem off when there's when when that love and that innocence is not there and they'll return back home because of the seeds you've planted so i just want to mention first family but secondly, get involved with your parish and get some good spiritual friends, no matter what your age is. Yeah, Christ-centered friends are the best friends that you can have. And if your parish offers youth group or young adult group, just give it a shot. You're going to meet some really good people. They're not all, like when I was younger, I used to think that people at youth group were weird or nerdy. Trust me, they're not. They're totally normal. <laughs> uh, they just they just care about God. That's all. And I would say if you're that age, you're let's say maybe you're in college and it's like campus ministry and you're afraid there's going to be some awkward kids there. Well, I mean, of course, because... If if, if if someone doesn't have many friends and Jesus' own church rejects them, oh my gosh. The then where would world, they go? Yeah, well, we're, we're in some pretty you know deep trouble if Jesus' church is going to reject people. You right. Know what I mean, so they have nowhere else to go. So, like, in, in, in essence, it's a really cool backhanded compliment that a lot of people that are don't have as many friends come to church groups because there they'll find happy, loving people that will accommodate them. And what I would also say is you be that that fun sociable person that really lifts everyone's spirits if you find that your your church group actually no matter what your age is has some people that are awkward or some people that seem to be a little angry a little off will you be that light and then you bring other people that are like you to that group and you can change the entire dynamic and really allow the holy spirit to start flowing through that group you know and, and by inviting new people um the early christians 
would literally risk their lives to get together in people's houses for mass, which is the Eucharist, that was number four, and to see each other, that community. They would risk their lives, knowing they could be captured and possibly killed in the Roman Empire when it was illegal for for worshiping Jesus and for getting together. Uh, there was There's a story of two, I think, deacons. I think they were deacons, and I forget their names, that were uh, captured by the Romans. Uh, and they said, like, stop, stop worshiping Jesus. Stop getting together with your fellow Christians. We know what you're doing because you're the only people that get together on Sundays. So it's really obvious <laughs> where you guys are. You're not doing a good job hiding it. Why don't you just stop going and just do this on your own? And they literally said, we can't live without Sunday. We can't live without the Eucharist, which is really amazing. And that also meant each other. You know, when you receive the Eucharist, especially you're deeply united with everyone else in that church who's also receiving the Eucharist and everyone else in the world who's receiving the Eucharist. You all have Jesus in you now. And because Jesus, God is one, you are now connected with those people very deeply. We need that connection. We need that community. Our conversions happened through a really amazing young adult group um, and a, an amazing prayer group. So the young adult group was on Mondays every week at our church. We were there. Um, we were having fun, but we were also learning a lot about the faith, doing Bible studies and things like that. And uh, on Thursdays, we had a really ge- a general church group, a rosary prayer group uh, with awesome reflections that we joined, which is very loving, accommodating people. That loving, welcoming feeling, so many people need it. So many people nowadays with our devices and with our broken families are so lost and they're so lonely and they've never really felt what it's like to belong to like a new family and that's what the church is supposed to be. It's like your big, huge, happy, spiritual family. You might not feel like that at your parish. You might not feel like the church is like that around the world, but that's what it's intended to be. And God willing, because it's Jesus' church, it will become like that again. And I think he wants to use us to make it that way. Yeah, so if you don't see that at your church, then start it. Then start being the person that gets excited when you see someone else. Like, go, like, you know, put a big smile on your face when someone enters the room and say their name and, like, ask them how they're doing. So if you want that, that welcoming feeling, then also generate that welcoming feeling. Exactly. You got, we got to be that spark. We have mm-hmm. to be the light in the darkness for other people. It's exactly what Jesus says, isn't it? Don't put your light under a bushel basket, but put it out for everyone to see. You know, you're, we have to be that city shining on the hilltop in the dark that Jesus talks about. We have to, people need it. it guys, it's it's 2022. The times are, 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 are really shifting, especially in the West. And it's it, people are, are in desperate need of the, the love and the spark of Christ. And we have, this is, this is, it's go time. Like, so, so, so let's get off our butts. Let's start getting involved with our church. Let's start loving people the way God has shown love to us. It's, it's insanely important to do that it could save somebody's soul if someone feels loved at your church group and 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 you're a constant friend to them you know outside of church as well you could literally be responsible well you could be the instrument i should say that god uses to save their soul quite literally mm-hmm. so totally let's, agree let's so it's, it's go time yep. let's do it mm-hmm. yeah you got anything else to add in no that's it just be outgoing and give it a shot okay so again number one clear the junk first thing to do number two start talking to god quiet prayer. Number three, start listening to God. Read the Bible. Number four, receive the Eucharist. That, that actually could be like number two or number one. <laughs> it's so important. And then number five, make sure you find that community. Find those good friends that are going to not only hold you accountable, but also love you unconditionally and make you feel welcome. And then you be that friend to others in return. And number six, subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to this podcast. Share it. Rate it. If you think you're getting something out of it, rate it. Share our Instagram and our Facebook and our whatever. Like us on all the social media. Help us out so we can continue spreading the word of, of, the, of the Lord 
continue spreading the gospel one soul at a time. Yeah, you know what's really funny is we're we kind of have like a sponsorship now. So every time we someone listens to our podcast, we get paid one penny, one cent, one giant penny. And hey, it's awesome, <laughs> it's awesome. So if you want to help us out, like listen to this, and you're gonna give us a penny, and also comment penny anywhere. <laughs> penny. Just say penny anywhere on anything, and we'll know what it means. This happens hey, all the time. I mean, like you, this podcast could be like that woman that Jesus talks about in the gospel, you know, that finds that lost coin. Yeah. She's searching all over the mm-hmm. place. She finds that lost coin. She's so excited. Hey, man, maybe people are searching for a podcast like this exactly. that's going to nourish their soul. Yeah. Not that we're the be all end all of the world. We're sinners mm-hmm. like everybody else. But if it's helping you, maybe it'll help somebody else. Yep. We could be like that coin that people you, yeah. you find this podcast. And spread you the sh- pennies. You spread it to everybody. Hey, yep. come, come. Finally come celebrate because I found this penny. Yeah. Right. So and um, we celebrate when we see the pennies in our. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only because we need it. Yeah. <laughs> in our states of life, not yeah. because we are doing it for money. Obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, let's say a closing prayer, and we'll be on our way. Until next time, you want to lead it in? Sure. In the name of the Father and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, I ask that you bless whoever's listening to this podcast, no matter where they are ge- geographically in the world. I ask that you reward them abundantly. And I just want to thank you for speaking through us. And I ask that you continue to bless our ministry so we can continue to spread the gospel one soul at a time. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. God bless.